And we're going to continue in some thoughts that we began last week. Romans 12, verse 2 says this, Do not conform. Everybody say, do not conform. Any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We're going to uh, continue this morning in some thoughts that we began um, last week. How many of you were around last week? You'll know that we were talking about being people of a different um, spirit. And if you weren't around last week, uh, then let me just very quickly recap, but also the message is available online, family.church forward slash listen. And we began by looking at these words in Romans 12 verse 2, where Paul says that you do not have to, as a follower of Jesus Christ, conform to the world around you. Now, what does it mean to conform? It means to be similar or identical to. It's a desire to be like someone else, that feeling of being afraid to be different, feeling like you have to be like everyone else. And Paul says, don't do that with the world around you, but instead be of a different spirit. Be of a different spirit. And we're going to continue looking at that phrase today. Now, last week we spoke of the fact that when we live with a different spirit, all of a sudden we stop being dragged down by the world around us. We stop being in a place where uh, we're conflicted in the way that we live life, but actually we start living the exciting life of faith that God has for us. And we used this analogy, if you remember it, of the f- thermometer and the thermostat. Anyone recall this? That we, we talked about how a thermometer has no control over the environment around it, but it just has to respond to what's going on. And we said that too many people are living life where they're conforming to the world around them. With a thermometer, if it's 30 degrees, then it will show 30 degrees. If it's minus 10, then it will show minus 10. It just has to go with what's going on around it. And many people are like that. They walk into this room and everyone's been in this certain way and so they just conform. They go somewhere else and they just conform. But we said a thermostat is enabled to change the temperature. A thermostat can decide it's going to be this hot, it's going to be this cold, this is how it's going to be. And we said that in a kingdom sense, we want to be thermostats, not thermometers, amen. But we want to change different environments with our kingdom attitude, bringing kingdom change rather than conforming to the world around us. We want to be people of a different spirit. So let's continue these thoughts and we're going to uh, look at the life of Caleb. And really, as we journey through these thoughts today, we're asking some questions. What does it look like? What does it actually look like to be of a different spirit? What does it cost us to be of a different spirit? And also, what are the benefits of being of a different spirit? And as we do, we're going to see this thought time and time again, that choosing to be of a different spirit will always bring God's best into your life. If you choose to be of a different spirit, it will always bring God's best into your life. So if you've got your Bible with you, we're heading to Numbers chapter 13. This is a very well-known account, but for those of you who are new to the journey of Christianity, for those of you who are new to your Bibles, let me just um, explain where we're at in this moment of Numbers chapter 13. Um, God has rescued the nation of Israel, his promised people, um, out of slavery and captivity through the person of Moses. And you may have seen movies, you may have heard about it, and he's brought them out of captivity and they're journeying in the wilderness to the promised land, the land that God has promised to them, the land of Canaan. Now where we're about to pick this up, 
they are encamped on the, the wilderness of Paran, which is just outside of this land called Canaan that they're about to enter. And so God comes to Moses and says to Moses, I want you to go and uh, send 12 spies into the land that I have given to you. Now the clue is in kind of what he's just said. I have given you this land. It's a done deal. It wasn't about whether they could take the land. It was just about finding out what the land was like, the best entry into the land, all that kind of stuff. This land had been promised to them by God himself. And so Moses goes and gets um, the 12 spies and they're the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. And chances are, unless you've read this recently, unless you've got a, a PhD in Old Testament names, chances are not many would be able to name all the other 10. But most of us would be able to recall two of them, Joshua and Caleb. And we're going to see or be reminded why that's a reality. So these spies are chosen, they set off, they explore the land for 40 days, they all see the same thing. And then they come back and they begin to report. So Numbers 13, verse 27 says this. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does indeed flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and their cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of the Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. And they begin to discuss it, they begin to argue over it. Now listen to these contrasting views that come next. Numbers 13 verse 33. The ten spies say this, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them we fell like grasshoppers and that's what they fought too. So they, they begin to decide what other people who they haven't even spoken to are thinking about themselves. And so that's their view and then here come Joshua and Caleb with a very different view in Numbers 14 verse 9. They say, do not rebel against the Lord, and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. What was going on in this moment was this. That there were a group of ten spies over here who had the crowd with them as well, who were all conforming to the spirit of fear, who were all saying, oh, it's impossible because of this, they're looking at all the obstacles, they're looking at the enemy, but over here you've got two lone wolves, one in particular in the person of Caleb, who say, we're going to be of a different spirit. And instead of conforming to fear, instead of conforming to all the obstacles, they begin to talk about the possibilities. They begin to declare about who their God is. They begin to recall what he has done for them before, and they begin to say, let's go and take the land. People of a different spirit. Now I want us to pause here for a moment because within this account this is what we begin to see. We, we begin to see a number of things about what it means to be a person of a different spirit and we're going to talk about how this relates to you in your everyday life today in 2021. The first thing is this, that being a person of a different spirit is not always easy. Let's be real about the situation. It's not always easy. Here are Caleb and Joshua, and they're choosing to go against popular opinion. They're choosing a different route. They're choosing to declare what God says is true. And in so doing so, they're, they're kind of literally putting their, their necks on the line. Because what if they said, no, we can surely do this, we can go in, and they go in, and, and it isn't as they thought. 
and the nation of Israel are defeated and overcome, and you've got women and children and all this kind of, and they're now responsible for this situation. But they knew what God had spoken. It's not always easy being a person of a different spirit. The accounts we looked at last week, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that for choosing to be of a different spirit, they're thrown into the fiery furnace. Their very lives are at risk. The same with Daniel in the lion's den. These were real situations that happened, but these people still refused to conform to the world around them. Paul and Silas, that we spoke of last week, that they could have been like everybody else, but they chose to praise in the midst of their prison. They chose to praise in the middle of their pain. It's not always easy being a person of a different spirit, especially if you try it in your own strength. Do you know that being a Christian in your own strength is really not that easy? Do you know that being of a different spirit and standing for God in the workplace or in your unsaved family or in your neighborhood and doing it on your own is not easy? But here's the good news. God has given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not a thing. He's a person. He's a third person of a Godhead that we've been singing about. And listen to what it says in John 14, 26. Jesus says this. Listen to all these descriptions. But the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, that's the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say, he will teach you all things, he will remind you all. This is who the Holy Spirit is in our life. He's not here to give you a goosebump in a worship service. He's here to empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. The Holy Spirit will give you the strength to be somebody of a different spirit. So it's not always easy. But God has equipped you with the Holy Spirit to be of a different spirit. Here's the other thing that we learn very quickly. It's not always easy, but also it's not always popular. Being of a different spirit is not always popular. Listen to what comes next. Numbers 14 verse 10. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. So just for being people of a different spirit, Joshua and Caleb are threatened with being stoned to death. Now again, chances are you may not face a public stoning in your workplace tomorrow, at least I severely hope not, but no doubt you've experienced that being a person of a different spirit isn't always popular. When you're the one who refuses to join in with the office gossip, you're not always popular. When you're the one, the only one who chooses not to slag off that leader because you know that you're a person of honor, you're not always popular. Have you noticed that even sometimes today, when you're positive, you're not always popular? Have you noticed that? But sometimes I'll, I'll walk into a situation or a conversation and it's all doom and gloom and how everything is terrible and the end is nigh and every situation is awful. And you go in and you say, well, well there's another way of looking at it. I mean, what, and, you, and you bring some hope. And you bring some positivity and you think, this is going to be amazing. They're all going to turn around and they're going to be saying how amazing life is. And they say, well, you just don't understand. You don't know what it's like to be me. Even being positive and happy. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I walk down the road and it's funny, in, in Portsmouth, you, you look at people and you say, hello, and you smile. And they're like, what? Sometimes smiling causes you to be unpopular. Who would have thought it that we've come to such a degree that smiling and having a bit of joy can be unpopular? And so here in this moment, they are not popular people. But there's an extra element that I really want us to catch here. And this really stuck out to me 
when I read it, because in one sense it's laughable, but in another sense it's really sad. And I want you to understand this. Picture this. Caleb and Joshua are being threatened with death for being people of faith in a community of faith. Did you catch that this morning? That this is what's happening here. These are people of God. The whole nation, these are the people of God. And yet they're talking about stoning to death two men because they're choosing to trust and believe God. And the sad news is that sometimes you'll not only get stick from unbelievers, but suddenly sometimes you'll be unpopular with believers for believing God. Sometimes it's not a popular opinion to believe that God still heals today. Sometimes it's not always a popular opinion that the gifts of the Spirit are still for today and that God is still ministering in power today. Sometimes you're, you're praying and believing God's promise over your family and your community or your finances and a Christian, not an unbeliever, a follower of Jesus, you'll tell them what you're believing for and they'll say, well, yeah, but you know, you, you've got to be a bit more realistic. Excuse me, when I look in my Bible, it doesn't say that the just will live by realism. It doesn't say that we're to walk by realism uh, and, and, and what we see and not by faith. The Bible says we're to walk by faith and not by sight, amen? But we are people who believe what the Word says. Sometimes you'll be praying for freedom in a person's life and you'll be declaring what God can do and believing what God can do and somebody will come along and say, ah, but they've always been this way, they'll never change. Excuse me, what Bible are we reading? I know this can be unpopular. What Bible are we reading when we believe that God has actually shut up shop and he's gone and he's no longer doing the miraculous? He no longer changes people's lives. God has changed my life. God has healed me. God has done miracles in my life. I stand here today believing that God can do what he says he can do. Twelve years ago, actually twelve years ago tomorrow, we started Family Church Haven. We're just a handful of people, some of you are there, and we started... Uh, and I would declare, this is what God's going to do. And we're going to see people saved. And we're going to see people baptized. And we're going to see people filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see people discipled. And we're going to grow. And we're going to fill rooms. And we're going to buy venues. And we're going to uh, plant out other congregations from this. And people would look at me over their, over their glasses. Not always. Some people were wearing glasses. Some weren't. I don't want to you know, victimize those who are wearing glasses this morning. But people would look at me and go... And then mutter something under their breath about the naivety of youth. Listen, do we believe that God is who he says he is? Or do we not believe that God is who he is and says he is? And sometimes believing God, I want you to just know the reality of this. Sometimes believing God and trusting God and deciding that God's word says what it is. And it's still alive and it's still active and it's still relevant for today. Means that you'll be unpopular, yes in your workplace, but also sometimes even amongst the community and the people of faith. The word says in the last days the love of many will grow cold. But even the elect will be deceived. Do you know, my prayer is this. God, it kind of has to happen because you've offered it and you've said it, but that has to happen before the end comes, but not us at Family Church, Lord. Please save us from that at Family Church because we want to be people of a different spirit. We want to trust you and not conform to the world around us. Amen? Amen. Okay, so sometimes being people of a different spirit can be hard. just want to be real with you. Sometimes it can be unpopular. 
But here's the good news. This is a bit you've been waiting for. But actually being of a different spirit causes you to receive God's best. Numbers chapter 14, 21 and 24. This is God's response to this whole situation. He says, but as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. But, but my servant Caleb has a different attitude, most translations say a different spirit than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land that he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Caleb inherited the land because he was of a different spirit. Caleb took hold of the promise of God because he was of a different spirit. So what about us? We may not be waiting in a physical wilderness to enter a physical promised land that God has given to us, but we can inherit God's best when we choose to be of a different spirit. Let's look at a couple of everyday examples. Being a people of honour. Do you know that we live in a world of dishonour? You notice that, where it's normal to dishonour. Honour is in short supply in in schools, in colleges, in workplaces, in marriages, in, in communities, in society at large. Yet Paul says, do not conform to the world around us. Instead, the Bible tells us to be a people of honour. So many verses we could look at, but Billy talks about being a person of honour to him, first and foremost, that we're to honour God. We're to honour our parents, honour spouses, honour those who are older, honour bosses, honour church leaders, honour governments, honour those in authority, honour your children. And then there's this kind of catch-all, honour one another above yourselves. And the truth is, when we choose to be a person of honour, it will change your relationships. And it will bring a difference for the better in every single relationships and circumstance in your life. Because it's in showing honour that we receive that peace and that joy and that blessing. 1 Samuel 2 verse 30, the second part of that verse says this. The Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honour me, I will honour. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. I want to be honoured by God for being of a different spirit. Amen. What about being a people of forgiveness? Again, we live in a, in a generation in a world of unforgiveness, of bitterness, of anger, of really passive-aggressive Facebook statements that are aimed at no one in particular, but just, I'll put it out there and just see who can. This is the kind of world we're living in. And Paul says, do not conform. Don't get mixed up with that junk. Be of a different spirit to the world around you and choose forgiveness. Now again, there's many different verses we could look at. Here's just one that's pretty blunt. Colossians 3 verse 13. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now, you know, you can do some study and try and work your way out of that. To me, Paul is saying, you've got to forgive others. You must, it doesn't take a genius to work out what he's saying here. You must forgive others. Now, that may not be easy. We've already talked about that. But the Holy Spirit in you can cause you to forgive in ways that you never 
for possible. And when you forgive, you don't lose out, but actually you gain. Now, that's a whole message in itself that time doesn't allow. But we've just seen forgiveness as an instruction in God's word. Listen to what Luke 11:28 28 says. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So Jesus says we will be blessed, we'll receive God's blessing as a result of being obedient to the word's command to forgive. Do you know when you forgive, it begins to release so much in your life. Number one, spiritually, and that's the most important, but also it has so many different effects in your life. Research and studies show, and life experiences backs us up, that forgiveness improves people's mental health. It improves physical health. I've walked with people and as they've prayed and forgiven others, they've actually begun to receive a miracle of healing in their life. When we choose to be of a different spirit, it enables us to inherit God's best. Here's another one, being people of honesty. We're living in a growingly dishonest and corrupt world, right? But living seems to be, living, lying seems to be so commonplace, whether it's politicians saying things in order to get votes, whether it's people cheating on their tax return forms in order to pay less tax, whether it's people lying in marriages, whether it's um, little white lies that people text because they don't really want to go out and meet that person, so they'll just say, I'm feeling a bit under the weather. A whole myriad of lies that people tell. And Paul says, don't conform to the world around you. Colossians 3 verse 9, don't lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old self with its evil practices. We're called to be of a different spirit. We're called to be honest, even if that means you have to admit mistakes that you've made. Even if that means you have to pay more tax because you're being true on your tax. Whatever it might be, we're called to be honest. Now, when we do... The Bible shows again that we don't lose out, but we benefit and we inherit God's best. Proverbs 10, verse 9. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. The Passion Translation puts it this way. The one who walks in integrity will experience a fearless confidence in life, but the one who is devious will eventually be exposed. Do you know that when you're living an honest life, it gives you a confidence and a fearlessness and a sense of peace that those who are living in dishonesty can't experience because they will eventually be uncovered. They will eventually be found out. I love the way that Psalm 85 verse 10 says, Love and faithfulness meet together. Listen to this. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Now what's the psalmist saying to the nation of Israel but to us today as well? But when we're living righteous lives, when we're living honest lives, do you know what? You'll experience a sense of great peace. Because being of a different spirit, walking with integrity and honesty when the world around us isn't, will bring you great reward. These are good challenges to be asking ourselves. Generosity. You know, this world that we live in is incredibly stingy. It's incredibly selfish, right? And we knew that before a global pandemic came along and everyone started hoarding toilet rolls. And if that's you, shame on you. Shame on you right now in Jesus' name. That you would hoard toilet rolls in, under that cupboard. And I was talking to, to Chris Mills. And he, he, if you don't know Chris, he does um, boilers and goes around. He says, it's amazing how many cupboards you open still today. And suddenly, like, there's an avalanche. And he's like, rescue me. He's under all these toilet rolls 
because everyone's been so, this is the world we live in. Yet we've been called to be of a different spirit. And the Bible says that when we're generous, we will benefit. Now let's look at one example, 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 18. It says, teach those, this is just one example, teach those who are rich in this world. Now, automatically, half of you have just gone, well, that's not me, that doesn't apply to me. Listen, if you look in a global sense, every single person in this room is rich. Okay, if we're looking in a global sense of what's going on. So, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. You want to trust in your money? What happened on Friday? An announcement happened and the stock exchange goes flying down. Do not trust in your money. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all that we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, especially being ready to share with others. Now this highlights money, but you know, we can be generous with so much more than just money. That's just one aspect of your life. You can be generous with your words. You can be generous with your actions. You can be generous with your time. Or you can be stingy with all of those things. And when we're generous, again, there'll be a blessing and a reward. Proverbs 11, 25. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Proverbs 22, verse 9. The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Being of a different spirit brings its own rewards. Last one on this. Being people who are hopeful and joyful. Do you know, again, last week we looked at this when we talked about Paul and Silas, that there's a pull on us in this world to be living in a place that is downcast. To be living and operating under the spirit of fear, to be living in hopelessness, to be living with self-pity and so on and so on. And then you, you look around and you see others pulling other people down continually. And so we're seeing the effects of that time and time again in so many different ways. In society, we're seeing the difference. But God has called us to be a people, not who conform to the world around us, but to be a people of joy. Amen? Now, Paul said this when he was in prison, and remember we spoke about the conditions of prison last week, but they were horrendous in those days. And he's writing this to a church in Philippi, and Philippians 4 verse 4, he says, Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. He's writing this not from a beach with his little cocktail. He's not in a place where he's, you know, in a a five-star accommodation, all-you-can-eat place where he's just like, yeah, rejoice, be happy. Do you know what? You can rejoice even in the worst seasons of life. You can rejoice even when everything around you seems to be terrible. You can still rejoice because the Bible tells us that it's about acknowledging God's presence. It's about allowing the fruit of the Holy Spirit which is in you to now be displayed to those around you. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is what? It is joy. And when we choose to be of a different spirit, again, we benefit. Nehemiah said this, The joy of the Lord is what is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You'll be strengthened when you operate in a place of joy. Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Again, research shows 
that when we choose to be of a different spirit, it not only does something within us spiritually, but also in our soul and in our body. That joy has been shown, it lowers blood pressure, it releases muscle tension, it decreases stress hormones, it boosts the immune system. In other words, modern research is lining up with what the Word of God has said all along. Funny that, it always seems to do the exact same thing. Paul says, do not conform, but be of a different spirit. I wonder in what area that we've covered or something completely different, what area is God challenging you? It's time to be of a different spirit. Enough conforming to the world around you, enough blending in with the environment in which you find yourself. Stop conforming. And it may not be easy, but the Holy Spirit is now in you to empower you. It may not be popular, but it will mean you receive God's best. And it will, and I'll end with this, it will glorify God. Matthew chapter 5, 13 to 16, last verse. It says, your lives are like salt among the people. But if you, like salt, become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing, and it will be thrown out and trampled on by others. Your lives light up the world. But how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's a place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others, so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them. Listen to this. And then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. Jesus says, don't conform. Be of a different spirit. And when people see the way that you live your life as a follower of him, their lives will be drawn to the kingdom. They will glorify your God. That may come in the workplace as you're displaying peace when there's chaos all around that may come in a conversation with a neighbourhood when you're operating with peace, when they're freaking out with fear about everything that's going on in society and in the news. It may be that you show joy in the midst of a difficult season and people begin to question how, why can you choose to still be a person of joy when you're battling with this, when you're in this situation? What is it within you that causes you to be different? It may see you choosing to be a person of integrity, when others around you are taking shortcuts and cheating the system and fiddling stuff and you're choosing to be honest, you're choosing to be a person of integrity. Do you know what? Not only do you glorify God as you should, but also you draw others to ask questions. What is it about you that is different? It may come as a result of you showing unconditional love and forgiveness when everyone else is pushing you in a direction of anger and revenge. Come on, get your own back. Come on, this is what you... And you choose to be a person of forgiveness, of peace, of love. Your life can draw others to the kingdom because do you know what? How we live is so often far more powerful than what we say. You can talk a good game. You can know Christianese inside out. You can say all the verses. You can memorize them all. How we live is the thing that will cause people to glorify our Father in heaven. God has called us to be of a different spirit and maybe God is challenging you in an area of your life where you know you are compromised I'm not talking about necessarily sin though it may be that but you're just compromised where you've stopped believing like you once did you stopped being a person of joy like you once were you've you've just found yourself conforming 
you know, especially coming out of the last two or so years that we've been in, it's so easy for people to get dragged down. It's so easy for people to just be... And, and even last night as people were listening to stuff or watching, you could feel yourself being dragged down. No, no, no. The joy of the Lord is my strength. My hope, my confident expectation is in Him because He is good and He does good. And that may not always be easy and it may not always be popular, but I promise you it will bring God's best into your life and it will bring you to a place where others look at your life and they glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is living and it's active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. And we believe what your word says. We declare your word over every situation represented in this place. God, we will stand and be a generation that does not conform to the world around us. We choose, even in the midst of fear and chaos right now, we choose to be a people of joy. We choose to be a people of peace. Father, thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit. And I just pray for every single person. I just feel right now that there may be people in your workplace and there's an opportunity for compromise and just right now I believe the Holy Spirit is saying choose to be of a different spirit choose to be of a different spirit there's some men in this room and I just want to share what the Holy Spirit there's some men in this room who may be about to do some very stupid things in their marriage God is calling you, be of a different spirit. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not do something that causes another situation, another marriage to fail. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. As we choose to be of a different spirit, it will bring God's best into your life. It will glorify God. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you. Holy Spirit, just work in people's lives today. We pray and keep speaking to us, Holy Spirit. We know that when we lock up this building today, you are not going to stop. Holy Spirit, continue to speak to us, even as we, we just hang out this afternoon or go to bed tonight, whatever it might be. Keep speaking, Holy Spirit. Keep speaking your word into people's lives that we will choose to be a people who do not conform, but we will be a people of a different spirit, we pray. In your mighty name, amen. Come on, give God praise in this place. We love you, Lord.